Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only Internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are there real solutions, but there are natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Today's topic is, is mold making you sick? I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Ann Shippey. Let me tell you a little about her. Dr. Ann Shippey is on a mission to help create extraordinary wellness by using cutting-edge science, testing, and the latest genetic research to find and treat root causes, and not just the symptoms of illness. As a former IBM engineer, Dr. Shippey became frustrated that traditional medicine couldn't find answers to her own health ailments to her own health ailments, so she left a decade, a decade in engineering to adapt her skill set to the world of medicine. So smart. Okay, so she is board certified in internal medicine and certified in functional medicine. She is on a tireless mission to help create a world of wellness because every life matters. She's the author of two books, Shippy Paleo Essentials and Mold Toxicity Workbook, Assess Your Environment, and Create a Recovery Plan. Dr. Shippey, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're doing such amazing work getting really important information out into the world. Thank you, and ditto to you too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So I really wanted to have you on today to talk about mold because I think... It's, it's just not really spoken about out there, and people have these chronic symptoms, and it could be mold-related. I also have kind of a personal bent, because some of the listeners, if they live locally here in Ottawa, they know that in 2019, we had a record, record um, rise of water of um, the Ottawa River, and so we've had a lot of flooding in homes, and then right now, they're also just trying to get all of those gross, damp, moldy sandbags out of the area as well. So, And I know there's been flooding all along the Great Lakes and, of course, now flooding in Texas, just like in North America in general. The amount of rainfall and flooding is phenomenal. So I think it's so important to get this information out. Yes, even areas that we thought of, oh, those are areas that are you know, where people that are most susceptible to mold should live are, are having flooding issues. So there's been, you know, even floods in Arizona and Colorado. And and um, and so I think it really is a nationwide issue um, because people don't know how to handle the, um, the floodwaters appropriately so they, they don't get mold or if they do get mold what to do to to take care of it so this really is an epidemic in our country in the united states but i think also in canada from what i'm hearing 
Yeah, so you're an expert in this field. So can you explain to our listeners in plain, simple terms, why is mold exposure dangerous and what are the symptoms of mold exposure and mold toxicity? Yes, it's a very complex illness and most doctors have not had any training in this because the technology for understanding it has really been evolving significantly over the last 15 years. So what happens is mold in its growth process, it makes chemicals called mycotoxins or MVOCs. And so there are hundreds of types of mold and thousands of types of chemicals that are being made. So it's basically like trying to understand a chemical factory going on where you've got so many different uh, chemicals all interacting with each other. So the mycotoxins, when we, we study them, they can be, they can cause cancer, they can suppress the immune system, they can um, flare up autoimmunity, they can directly damage genes. Because there are so many different chemicals, they, they have a lot of different effects on the body. So the, the effects have a very broad spectrum. But the thing to remember, especially when you're handling um, the sandbags and things or pulling up carpet that's old carpet that's gotten moldy, those kinds of things, or even going in and opening up a wall to see if there's mold, is that some of those chemicals are the types of things that are used for biological warfare, and some of them are too toxic to be used for chemotherapy, and then some of them really are very, very significant carcinogens. So we really need to be handling these things with those precautions in mind and either hiring people that know how to take those precautions, you know, putting on hazmat suits or learning how to do that yourself because you really need to protect yourself. And so what are some of the symptoms of mold exposure and how fast do these symptoms occur? Because it's my understanding that some people are more susceptible to these mold-related illnesses than others. So if we have like a whole family that's living in a moldy house, maybe only one person has symptoms and everybody else is, you know, quote, normal. That's exactly what happens. So just like any other environmental toxin, you you really won't have symptoms until your barrel fills up. So you know, our bodies are constantly being exposed to environmental toxins and trying to zip it out. But when you get to the point where it's the toxins are building up and interfering with the biochemistry and physiology, you, you'll feel fine usually. Uh, so, like, for me and my story, I know I lived in moldy houses before that. I didn't know it was an issue. Um, but uh, about eight years ago, I got very, very sick after living in a house for over a year even though now looking back I know the problem was there from the very beginning it just took that long for me to tip over so the symptoms that I got were very neurological I lost the the strength in my right arm uh, it was also hormonal I, my hair was falling out my periods were irregular and I um, had really severe fatigue and then I also had a lot of pain in my body. Just even having my kids hug me was very uncomfortable. Uh, so, but then my kids had some different symptoms, um, you know, more cognitive with, uh, for one of my kids being able to 
to learn new information in school, and then the other one, it affected his mood more. Uh, so what I see a lot of times with families is that each person kind of has their weak link of where the toxicity has the biggest impact, uh, and, and it can occur at different time frames. So I think what happens with, especially with spouses, is they a lot of times have a hard time getting their head around the idea that there's something hidden, because a lot of times it's behind the walls or under the, you know, in the basement, and then, you know, the toxins are, um, you know, just coming, going through the air and then being breathed in, they have, really have a hard time understanding that something that they can't even see is having such a severe impact. Especially if it's not really impacting them. Right. And, and then I would say, especially if the patient is going from doctor to doctor, getting testing and testing, and basically, like a lot of the tests are normal, um, and that if they do start getting help, maybe it's they they think it's adrenal fatigue or a thyroid issue, or and they start doing some treatment and they don't really get better. Exactly. So th- when I have patients that come in like this, I'm like, oh, you've tried all of it. You like you've done all the right things, but you're still not better. Okay, that could be a biotoxin unless that could be mold or lying. That could also be that your brain is totally inflamed. Yeah. Right. So, and that is, you know, that's one of the dilemmas sometimes with um, with patients coming in. Do we do we go right into, oh, my gosh, do you have mold when I hear symptoms that are really suspicious for that? You know, the brain fog, um, OCD, anxiety, insomnia, the hair loss, uh, skin rashes, um, new onset asthma, or worsening allergies, digestive complaints. Like if there's this, um, you know, essence of what I've seen before with mold, do I do I try these other things to get them better? That's um, that are less upsetting to their whole lifestyle, and um, or do we, you know, delve right into? Is there an environmental toxin like mold? Um, so it, I think it really is important, even if people aren't having symptoms now. I mean, that's one of my biggest messages. If you if you have a known had a wa- known water leak in your house, and it wasn't dried within twenty four to forty eight hours, it definitely makes sense to get an expert who really understands mold to go in and see if there's been um, some hidden mold that's grown behind the wall or the cabinet or do your own test um, where you go get tests and send it out to one of the labs that I really trust so that you're not the frog in the pot thinking everything's fine and that, but then it's really starting to come to a boil and then I find a lot of patients are confused about a mold allergy versus a mold toxicity. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes I, I, I start talking to them about mold and they're like, well, I don't have any allergies to mold. And I'm like, no, 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 this is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, some people have both, right? Oh, yes. But the, <laughs> the allergy is more to the spore, you know, the, the, you know, the organism itself, whereas the what has the 
bigger health impacts, unless you have really severe asthma that's life-threatening, um, is are the actual toxins themselves. So it's really like getting poisoned. It's um, by, I, I call it the kryptonite. You know, it's like kryptonite for Superman. Some of these toxins are, are very, very powerful. And it does, it takes such a small amount. Like, Sometimes the inspectors are, that don't really understand mold very well, uh, that even a very small amount of mold can sometimes make people very sick because it's, it's so strong. And again, it's not something that you can necessarily see. It's not something that you can necessarily smell. Right. The smell, it would come from the MVOCs, and um, so those would be... Um, the same kinds of chemicals as like paint and carpet outgassing. So we know those those chemicals can be very dangerous and strong as well. But um, yeah, a lot of people think, oh, I don't have mold because I can't smell it and I can't see it. But it's um, it's definitely one of the biggest contributors to illness that I'm seeing in my practice. When I did my training with Dr. Bredesen and learned the RECODE protocol, so that's to help patients that have cognitive decline and dementia, he was saying that mold exposure, mold toxicity, um, is, a, is a big factor uh, for cognitive decline and that the majority of patients that have cognitive decline actually have some mold exposure in their history. So can you talk about where are some of the common places that you might find mold in your home and where might mold be hidden? Oh, that's such a great question. And I would agree with um, Dr. Bredesen. I, that's what I'm seeing in my my practice as well. In fact, the last, I think, five patients with cognitive decline, we, you know, mold was a big component of that. Um, so it can be hidden in simple things like you, uh, you shampooed your carpet and it didn't get dried appropriately. So, you know, there's... There's basically mold food even in the carpet when <laughs> when you cleaned it because there's dust and dirt building up under there. So uh, under carpets uh, or from cleaning or from spilling on them. Then any kind of plumbing leak. I see. I hear over and over again. Ice makers and dishwashers can have these little pinhole leaks where there's enough um, water that's come out to feed a, a mold colony, but not enough that there's this uh, initial obvious um, uh, water damage. Then behind showers, getting the showers sealed properly, I think, is very challenging because um, often uh, just even little areas where in the, um, uh, be, you know, between tiles or uh, where things are caulked, if some water gets in there and, and behind it, there's usually something that mold can grow on. Windows are a big issue because the flashings have to be done just right so that water doesn't go in. And then along chimneys, that's actually my, one of my stories, is we had a chimney flashing that wasn't quite right. So when it would rain, it would come down through the wall between my bedroom and my son's bedroom but not enough that it would show through the paint. Then um, the air conditioning systems. If they're uh, um, 
not balanced exactly right and there's uh, too much humidity and you can get condensation in the um, in the whole whole system and then that can lead to mold as well I I, in my office, we haven't even hooked up the ice maker for the refrigerator because I'm too nervous. You know, when, when we're, because we're not here on the weekends and things, I don't want to have something go go wrong with the with the uh, water hookup for the refrigerator. So we we just um, deal with not having ice here. <laughs> then um, the. Um, one of the biggest things that people will do, and this is a summertime thing, is when they leave for vacation, they'll turn up the temperature to, you know, save money and energy, uh, but then they come back and there's been humidity and heat. So, things, the mold, um, if you're in an area like uh, Central Texas, you can just get mold starting to grow on things you know, on, on shoes and furniture and uh, behind bed frames. I've had all kinds of things like that, so I really recommend having a dehumidifier and then not ever really uh, raising the temperature over 78, 80 degrees, depending on where you where you live. Um, this one a bunch of the big things. The other, one of the other things that I see is um, mold being in people's cars. The... Again, shampooing the the seats and the carpeting can, if it's not ventilated and dried out within the 24 hours, 48 hours at the most, can get moldy. And then the air conditioning systems in cars can be a huge problem. And some people can sort that out, and some people can't. They might be more likely to get a headache or stuffy nose if there's if there's mold in the car, but not they can't always tell that. But that's Another uh, suspicious area because you'll have that air blowing right on you. And then schools and office buildings are also huge problems. A lot of times when there has been some type of a, a water leak, it's not repaired and taken care of within that 24 to 48 hours. So they can end up having um, having big issues as well. And uh, one of the clues that I get with patients, and I'm sure... It's similar in your practice is that if a patient comes in and they say, you know, I, I generally feel better on the weekends as compared to during the week, then I'm like, oh, you might be living in a, or I, you might be working in a moldy building. Or, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I went on vacation and I felt so good. And then I came back and it was like bad. Then I'm thinking, oh, that could be mold that you're in, in an environment that you're exposed to mold. Although that's not always the case. Those are some clues. That's definitely a clue. Sometimes, sometimes people will need longer than a week or two to out of the environment. They'll, you know, really need additional help to help them to detoxify better. But for sure, if they feel better um, within a week, <laughs> that's a huge red flag. So, if somebody is suspicious that they might have mold, um, what's the best way for them to remediate that? Is there a specific type of a professional to do that? Can anybody do that? That gets back to the hazmat thing. Um, it is. I've had patients really make themselves or their families sicker by going in and trying to open up things themselves. I had this one one family where they knew they had had a roof leak, 
And the dad was like, oh, I can go in and fix this myself. And he, you know, opened it up without setting up the proper containment to make sure that the toxins and mold spores didn't just go everywhere. And they all they all got sicker. Uh, so you really want to find somebody that is very um, careful about how they they do it. You want to protect the belongings that you think you're going to be able to save by having it, you know, wrapped or contained in plastic, and then uh, basically build plastic walls around the space that are it's being remediated so that. Um, that, and then air scrubbers put in there so that the air is cleaned and and not just spread everywhere. If you treat it like you would treat, um, you just think about it, okay. Well, what if this is what if some of the chemicals that are here are, you know, carcinogens where they really increase the risk for cancer, or they would be used for biological warfare? How would you want to handle that um, at the worst case scenario? And, and so then, it, to me, it really makes sense to get people that aren't going to harm themselves as they're doing the work and that they really understand how to keep, keep you safe. Uh, and then I really, in, here in, in Texas and, and in a lot of states, the, there's kind of division of church and state in a way. So the, it's really helpful to have an inspector come in that's not going to do the remediation. So their job is just to find all of the mold, know what you're dealing with, and give a recommended remediation plan. And then that can get hand off, handed off to the people that are going to do the get rid of the toxic materials, make sure that the mold is really all gone. And then really the third piece would be having the any rebuilding take place like if there's cabinets or walls that need to be put back in that's even a third company so that there's not um you know there's full accountability for each piece of it and then have the inspector be involved in overseeing to make sure that the remediation team did the right thing and that when everything's rebuilt that they're that they really got it all and found all the mold it's it's sometimes it's really tricky you know i've had People um, you know, move back into their house and then feel bad again, and it turned out that there was another part of their bathroom that really needed to come out. Um, so, doing having done repetitive testing to to really make sure that all the mold is gone could have saved them some time and some steps. So, for those people who do not have any obvious signs of mold or, you know, leaks or seepage. Um, are there, can you talk about the, the like, at-home tests, like, as a starting point? Yes, and I'll, um, I'll give you, your listeners, a link. So this will all be uh, written out so, <laughs> so people aren't, you know, jotting down madly. So there, there are two companies that I use to do a testing of the dust. Most of the inspectors out there will do testing of the air and look for spores, but the problem is that misses a lot of problems. So the some of the, the worst molds as far as being on that spec, uh, kryptonite spectrum don't send out very many spores. 
And so uh, if you catch some of those, it's just kind of luck. So what we want to do is we want to collect as much dust as we can in the space and send that off to the uh, uh, lab. There are two different ones that I like. One, you can order the kits from uh, Real Time Mob. The other one is blackmoldscan.com, and again, that'll be on the handout. And you so get as much dust as you can, send it in, and they'll analyze it for two different things. One is for the mycotoxins that we can test in the dust, which we still have a lot more that need to be added. Uh, so if it's negative, you can't say there's definitely not something there because, you know, we're, we have an incomplete technology thus far, but we can check for some of the most important ones. And then the other one does, it uses DNA testing, so PCR testing to identify what types of mold are there. So the um, I like to do both of those because it's kind of like a Venn diagram. They overlap some, neither one get. 100% of all the molds and all the toxins, but when I do the two together, usually we can find the problem um, and then get to working on, you know, where it's hidden, because usually it is hidden. And so remediating the mold is really like step number one, and there's a whole lot of other stuff that has to happen after that <laughs> to, exactly. to get the patient, you know, more healthy again. Right. So I would have said until the last couple months that there is no way that you can really fully recover um, living in mold. Like it's, it's like having a dirty bathtub and you're trying to clean the bathtub without having any drains, you know, and you still got dirty water coming in. Or, and uh, now I've had some experience where with some IVs that I'm doing, we can get much further than I thought, even uh, when you're still in some mold, but why would you do that? Like, <laughs> you really want to, you really want to get the triggering factor, the underlying cause uh, eliminated, and then you have to do the, you know, really help the body to detoxify and then do the rebuilding of the mitochondria and cell membranes and, um, and all the different organ systems that have been affected. So... Yeah, Dr. Shippey, we just have a few minutes left, and you shared so much great information, but is there anything else that you think is important for our listeners to know and to understand about this? Yeah, so I, I think one of the things that I want people to know is that you really can heal and get better. Um, some people affected by mold are very, very ill you know, they're, they're um, feeling like there's no possible way to get better. And um, I just want to encourage, encourage them that when they're not being poisoned and their body has everything that they need to heal, that they can totally recover. Um, I got to witness it in my own body with that and then I see it day in and day out with patients like you really can get your life back it's a lot of work but it is so worth it because a lot of times the things that you learn in the process about what it takes to get better will actually help you feel better than when you know before you got sick Dr. Shippey how can our listeners find out more about you and can you mention your books and where to find them 
Yes. So you can find me on AnnShippyMD.com, and we are on uh, Facebook and Instagram with uh, lots of good information coming out every week. And then we have a mold handout that has a lot of these kinds of things that we talked about today at AnnShippyMD slash mold. And um, my books are on Amazon, and they're uh, in the Kindle format right now, but you, you can get a Kindle reader on pretty much any electronics, so you don't have to have a Kindle. Fantastic. So for our listeners out there, I'll make sure to have all of those uh, resources in the podcast notes, um, and that you can easily click on those links and uh, get all of that great information. Dr. Shippey, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Thanks so much for having me, and I really wish um, wish all the people in your community a, a safe recovery from, from what's happened this spring. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Ann Shippey. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today, and I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.